Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda. I'm Linda Davis. Thank you for joining me today. A little bit about myself before we get started. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing both. So go grab your cup and let's talk. Comparison. When we compare ourselves to several different factors, we end up delaying or denying our true purpose, our true abilities even, gifts, talents, anointing, whatever word you want to put on it. When we step into that place of comparison, when we compare ourselves to other people, when we compare ourselves to maybe expectations other people have placed on us, when we compare ourselves to even maybe who or what we desire to be, we end up setting ourselves up to fall short. The word comparison, the definition of the word comparison is a consideration or an estimate of what we perceive to be similarities between things or people, right? You'll compare teachers, you'll compare athletes, you'll compare actors because they're in that same line, right? You might compare yourself and your abilities in whatever field of study you're in, whatever line of work you're in, to people in that same venue. When even though there's similarities, there's also differences. And so we cut ourselves short when we come into that place of comparison. We cut God short and we just set ourselves up to never have the ability to fully step into what we're supposed to fully step into. One of the presidents said, and I wish I could recall off the top of my head, but one of the presidents said, maybe it was Roosevelt, comparison will kill your dreams. Or maybe he said, comparison is a thief of joy. Comparison steals your joy. And it's a powerful statement. And if we could really grasp the meaning of it, that comparison does rob us of our joy. Even if we will get to that place we're comparing ourselves to down the road, we're not quite there yet. And maybe who we're comparing ourselves to, you know, they've been at it a lot longer than us, or they've been through different things than us. And we're allowing ourselves to get defeated and discouraged because in our eyes, we don't compare to them. But we're not in it as long as they've been in it. And I'll say this too, sometimes we compare ourselves maybe a little more favorably than we should, right? We'll say, well, I might not be as good as that person, but I'm not as bad as that person. And that doesn't help us either. That gives us a false sense of accomplishment in the fact of the person that we're saying is not quite where we are. Maybe they haven't been through what we've been through yet. Maybe they haven't been in it as long as we've been in it or at it, however you want to phrase that. So 
the comparison being stealing our joy, being a thief of our joy, right? And again, I'm pretty sure that was President Roosevelt that said that. Every time we compare ourselves to somebody else in a way of I'm not as good as or I'm better than, it doesn't do us any good. We have to set goals for ourselves. We have to write down our dream, our vision, and some kind of plan and compare ourselves to that. And where we where we thought we would be or even where we should be. And if we're not, why? Maybe that was just our vision, our dream, our timeline and not God's. Or maybe we have failed in an area that we need to step it up. I posted this on social media recently. And by the way, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook and this podcast, which you know if you're listening, <laughs> Coffee Talk with Linda. You can find me on, on any of those and follow me. You know, sometimes I do a morning coffee thought on my Facebook. Um, I do a couple of posts a week on my Instagram, just encouraging and uh, provoking you to just step it up one more step. And so anyhow, I posted this recently on social media. Comparison will kill your dreams. You're the only you. So you're the only one you can compare yourself to, really. You are the only you. DNA will show us that, even physically, never mind emotionally, never mind in our abilities, our thought process, our hearts, our giftings, our talents, our anointings, all of that. We are uniquely us. You're uniquely you. I'm uniquely me. We might have some similarities, but there'll also be differences. I had somebody ask me one time, and this is years ago. Oh my goodness, at least a minimum of 15 years ago. Who do you compare yourself to? And they listed off two fairly um, well-known female preachers slash teachers who were pretty different from each other in their teaching and ministering style overall. And this, they said to me, who do you consider yourself to be more like? I wasn't considering myself to be more like either one of them. And my response at the time was, or they said, who do you see yourself as? Do you see yourself more like this one or like that one? And my honest answer to them was I see myself as Linda Davis because that's the only person, not not that I think Linda Davis is just, you know, well, she is unmatchable, (laughs) but you know, that awesomeness and all this, that wasn't, it wasn't an arrogant answer. It was an honest, truthful answer, actually a very healthy answer of who I see myself to be. I'm uniquely and wonderfully made by the Lord and so are you. And we shouldn't aspire to be somebody else. Now, there's wisdom from other people. And when you see fruit in people's lives and you want that fruit in your life, your wisdom is to go to that person and ask them, how did you get to this place? I say this all the time. If you want a good marriage and you're beginning in your marriage, go seek out someone that has a good marriage. 
if you're going to seek out counsel and advice. And you won't take everything they do because you're not them. So everything that works for them won't work for you. But there are some bones in that. There's some meat in that fish that would be good for you to eat. And you spit out the bones that don't necessarily apply to your marriage. Because I think, you know, even in marriages, I wasn't planning on talking about marriages, but even in marriages, we try to find follow a formula. A formula is not necessarily going to work. But you can take like doing a marriage conference or reading marriage books or even doing marriage counseling. My husband and I do marriage counseling. On a regular basis, we have couples coming to us. Can we just connect? Can we talk? Can we glean from you? And not everything we say is going to be for them. So they have to figure out based on their personalities what will work for them and what won't. But there'll be some good in there because my husband and I have a good marriage. And you can look at our life and see the fruit of that. Now, if you see a disastrous marriage, you wouldn't really necessarily go to those people and talk to them. The same with raising children. The same with even professional uh, work that you might be in, ministry work that you might be in. You know, how did, what is their fruit? First of all, you have to ask yourself that. Now, you're not critiquing people, but we are told scripturally to, to watch the fruit. So, you know, I say this all the time, an apple tree cannot produce pears. That's the bottom line. So if you're rooted and grounded in the Lord, you're rooted and grounded solidly in the word of God, you're going to have fruit in your life that shows that. You can't fake it. You cannot fake fruit. Something's going to show up at some point that's going to be rotten if you're just trying to fake it till you make it or you're trying to replicate somebody else's life. Though you're trying to walk a life of comparison like a copycat because you've compared. But so getting back to what I posted recently on social media, comparison will kill your dreams. You're the only you. You're uniquely and you're wonderfully made to be and do only what you can do, even if it's similar to somebody else. I mean, there's enough people out there that need to be reached for the Lord that even if we're very, very similar, I could have somebody next to me with very, very similar giftings and anointings to me, but the bottom line is, say it's another woman, we're both going to reach different women, and there's enough women out there that need ministering too, that we don't have to even compete against each other, and we certainly don't have to copy each other. So... You are uniquely and wonderfully made to be and do only what you can do. Don't alter yourself to compete against somebody else. You'll only end up in the long run hindering yourself. And don't alter yourself to please other people or even appease other people. Don't do it. Because you're only, again, going to hinder yourself. I heard this phrase recently, and I wish I could recall where to give it credit. But boy, it was so good. And it said, God won't bless who you pretend to be. So think about that. He won't bless who you pretend to be. And I'll take it a step further. He won't even bless who you desire to be. But what he will bless and who he will bless 
is what he's called you to do. The plans and the purposes he's placed you here on earth for. And yes, we do have them. And they are specific. It's scriptural, right? God knew us before he formed us in the womb. Even before he put us together, he knew us. And he watched us get knit together in the intricate secret place. We can, we kind of have a mental picture of that because of ultrasounds. Now that was David that said that, King David. Now that was long before ultrasound. So for King David to say, God sees you in there. God knew you before you were even in the womb. And he's watched you get knit together in the womb. See, we have the luxury of seeing that now because of ultrasound. But certainly they did not back in King David's day. So think about, that's wild when you think about the fact that that's written in the Psalms and now we have ultrasound. So God, from the beginning of time, watched each and every purposed child be formed and knit together in the womb. Watched it all. Amazing. So that there's a scripture that says us, and then there's scripture that says there's plans and purposes. He says, I know, I know the plans I have for you. This is a pretty powerful scripture, and it's in Ephesians chapter one, uh, down at verse 11. Before we were even born, God gave us our destiny, that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but always accomplishes every purpose and every plan in his heart for us. Now, he always accomplishes it. It could maybe not be through you because you're not a robot either. And that's where comparison comes in. You know, I've said this time and time again when I talk about walking in what God has, the path he has designed for you to walk out, you know, I don't ever want to look over and see somebody else wear my shoes. I want to walk in the shoes I was supposed to walk in. And I don't want to, you know, kind of like the Cinderella story, right? The stepsisters were trying to crunch, crunch their foot into the shoe that did not fit them. Now, the one that the shoe was for, right, it slipped right onto her foot. What we're created for, what we're intended for, what our purpose is, it will slip right on our foot doesn't mean we're not going to have a lot of stuff to get to that place, but it will fit us perfectly if we don't let comparison come in and rob us from it or rob it from us. This is for certain. I said a few minutes ago, you know, that God won't bless who you pretend to be or even who you're trying to copy to be, but he most definitely will bless your effort, my effort to become who he originally designed us to be, who he originally, as we were being knitted and created and purposed in the womb, that person, our efforts, right? Creating me a clean heart, oh Lord, renew a steadfast spirit in me. You know, um, uh, if there's any evil in me, if there's anything in me, Lord, that's not of you, you know, show me my wicked way, show me my evil way, show me me, uh, all of that, right? And, and Jeremiah, he's, you know, the our own hearts deceive us. And we must remember that. They deceive us in comparing ourselves to other people. And they deceive us in comparing ourselves to who we really are versus who we think we are. 
And so we have to consistently ask the Lord to show us the truth of the condition of our own heart. It's amazing how often we can see the condition of someone else's heart, but we cannot see the condition of our own heart. Really, because we're not really digging in, we're comparing. We have to keep our focus on us in the Lord, in the right place. And I promise you, this kind of journey will take the help of the Holy Spirit. We are uniquely and wonderfully made. Nothing about any of us is a mistake in us, that God has placed in us, that we were originally designed to carry. Now, there's been, there's been adjustments we've made to ourselves because we've been through some stuff. You know, even as young children, it starts that young and then guards go up and walls go up and defense mechanisms go up and we become a person differently than who God desired us to originally be, who he designed us to originally be. So now we don't even realize we're pretending because if we're somebody other than who we were originally supposed to be, we're actually pretending because we're not the original. Not We're not doing it intentionally or even consciously, but we are. That's why we continually cry out to the Lord. Show me me. Lord, your word says, I can't even know the condition of my own heart. My own heart is wickedly deceitful above all else. That's Jeremiah 17, 9, I believe. I'm pretty sure. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I, the Lord. So Lord, search me, show me, try me, test me, purify me. I wanna be the uniquely, wonderfully, purposed, destined, uh, original that you knit me together to be. Another thing comparing does, it basically, when we begin to compare and, and rate ourselves, basically we're rating ourselves against somebody else and we either fall short or we excel against the other person. When we're comparing to another person, we either fall short or we excel. Right? So so then what do we do? We try and compensate based on that. Or we or we let up a little. If we feel like we excel the person we're comparing ourselves to, then we're like, we kind of we're on easy street. We're doing good. Well I'm better than them and I don't do this and I don't do that. And what does it matter? What does it matter what so and so does? How does it matter what so-and-so's household functions like? Uh, Who are you going to answer for? You. That's who you're going to answer for. And if you're the head of the household, you're answering for your family too. You know, if you're the the man of the house and you have a family, truth of the matter is you're answering for your wife and your children and yourself, of course. Your wife, the woman in the house, in a married household— a family unit with husband and wife and children, and you're the woman, you're answering for you and your children. That's pretty powerful stuff. So for us, when we begin to compare, we basically start to try to attain, try to reach whatever goal we've compared ourselves against on our own efforts. We leave God out of the equation when we start comparing. And truthfully, comparison comparison births 
both discouragement and pride because we've either fallen short in our own eyes or we've excelled in our own eyes. So we're either discouraged or we get prideful. So we have to have a balance here. We have to have a balance between, you know, it's not all God and it's not all us. God's wanting to work with us. The Holy Spirit wants to be our helper. He shows us we do. So there has to be a balance between our human effort, which is very much necessary, and stepping out in the radical faith that God has called us to. Comparison, when we tend to compare, truthfully, what we're actually doing, we're not comparing apples to apples, really, and that's what can mess it up sometimes, too. We basically can compare our weakness with someone else's strength. That's what we tend to do. Or we compare our strength with someone else's weakness, forgetting that we ourselves have our own strengths and our own weaknesses. We really have to. It's a necessity for us to stop comparing ourselves. There's a lot of scripture that even talks about this to bring the Lord into this. You know, uh, let's see. So in 2 Corinthians, we're basically told when we measure ourselves by one another and we compare ourselves with one another, we are without understanding. When we get into this place of comparison, what do they? What does it mean by without understanding, right? That that Second uh, Corinthians ten twelve is talking about. What, so what does that actually mean when he says that? Well, basically, uh, it shows that we have a lack of understanding of God's will for us. We're not focused in on individuals as a whole, as a piece, as a portion of the body. So we're comparing ourselves. It's like the pinky comparing itself to the thumb. They're just as important, but they have different functions. And so imagine the pinky trying to be the thumb or the thumb trying to be the pinky. It's not going to work well. That's why we don't have two thumbs. And there's just not somebody out there exactly like you to compare yourself to. So just get that understanding from God. What is your standard supposed to be? What are you supposed to be working on? What are you supposed, what's the goal? What's the prize at the end of the race for you? The only thing, the only standard, I guess, we should measure ourselves against is what God has told us to do, what God has told us about us. Because also, when you get into comparison, if you really were simply, if the heart motive was pure and you're just trying to please God and you're just trying to walk in His way and His will and His design for you, right? You really, you wouldn't get into comparison. Now, um, having accountability, asking somebody to critique you, uh, that's not comparison. So when we get to that place of comparison and we're trying to measure up to man, then whose approval are we really seeking? Man's or God's? Who are we trying to please when we're in that place of comparison? Man or God? or even ourselves. And here's a thought. When you're comparing yourself to somebody, another word you could use is how do I measure up to them? That's pretty intense. Almost could even say you're judging. You're either judging you or you're judging the other person. 
We're not supposed to do that. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 2, um, this is the English Standard Version, right? For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. So be careful. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So when you find yourself in those situations where you're considering yourself better than somebody else, be very careful in that area. Be guarded. Check your heart. Make sure it's in the right place. I just want to know what you designed me to do, God, and how do I get there? And I want to make every effort to be what you planned for me to be when you were watching me be knit together in my mother's womb. So when it comes to comparison, if we're comparing ourselves to others, we're really not inspecting us. We're inspecting them, right? And we've got to do our own heart checks on a regular basis and ask the Lord to show us us. But if we get into that comparison, then we're not doing that. In, in Galatians chapter 6, verses 4 and 5 kind of talk about this, kind of tells you where to keep your focus. Each of you must examine your own actions. Measure yourself. I'm adding that in there. Measure yourself, right? So it says in verse, um, actually, yeah, verse four, let each one test his own work and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. Like I was saying earlier, we'll answer to God for ourselves, and I talked earlier about the effort. God will honor the effort. And that's the truth of it. We have to know that we've done the best possible job, the best possible effort we could do. We gave it everything we had. And God knows that. Now, when we're comparing ourselves to others, we don't know their effort level. And it's not even for It's not our business, actually. <laughs> we make it our business. Even if we never share it with anybody else, it's just a thought process we have. There's no need for us, no reasoning, no understanding of us to compare ourselves to anybody else. Pay attention to yourself, basically. The biggest thing about comparison is it limits our potential. It holds us back because we not, we're not allowing the true us. We're making adjustments based on the comparison, whatever that is. We're adjusting based on that. It will always limit us, always. We allow them, whoever it is we're comparing ourselves to, we allow them to set our standard when the only standard should be God's standard. I hope you grasp that. When we compare ourselves to others, that now we've put ourselves in competition with that other person. And now we have allowed them to become our standard. Our success is never dependent on someone else. Never. Our potential, our possibilities are, cannot, cannot be limited by other people's standards in other people's actions. It's God's standard. And when we keep our heart in check and we understand everything we carry inside of us that has potential, our gifting, our talent, 
our anointing, all of that came from God and not anybody else, right? Every good and perfect gift is what? From above. I mean, think about it. People get themselves into huge financial messes by comparing, right? There's even a phrase, I'm trying to keep up with the Joneses, right? Because we're looking at their car, we're looking at their house, we're looking at their vacations, you know, and it's a tough thing not to do. But comparison will mess us up. So how do we not compare, right? We ha- How do we not do that? We have to have a true understanding of God's will and God's purpose plan for us in the season of life we find ourselves in. We have to get rid of wrong, negative thinking in our minds. We have to understand who we are in Christ. And this is something really social media has done. You know, you're you're seeing, and I'm sure you've heard this before, but you're seeing, I'm seeing, we're seeing the highlight reel. We're see, you know, how many selfies did that person take before they posted that one, that their smile's perfect, their eyes aren't closed, their hair's not messed up, everything's per- how many How many selfies did they take before they got that one picture, right? And then we take a picture and we're frustrated because we're comparing ourselves to their highlight reel. You know, people that are always posting, you know, about, and I'm not saying you should put your spouse's junk out there, but we all see it all the time. I have the best husband ever. Uh, My wife is amazing. And that's good to do. We should edify and, and encourage and give accolades out to our spouse. But you don't ever see anybody come on and say, man, today really stunk. My wife and I fought all day, but it's happening in every household. And so, that gets us discouraged and we think we're doing worse than we are when we're really doing pretty good. But we're looking at their highlight reel in our everyday life. Now, please don't misunderstand that. I'm not saying anybody should go out there and post any, I don't think you should do that. Love covers a multitude of sin, right? We cover our spouses. We don't expose our spouses. But we have to understand when we're looking at all this social media, we're seeing the perfection of other people's lives for the most part. And then we're comparing our understanding of our everyday life. And like I said earlier, we tend to grab our weakness and compare it to somebody else's strength. So learn to learn to recognize your strengths. You know, if you can't see what they are, ask three of the closest people around you to list down three to five strengths they think you have. I bet you'll be amazed. And focus on those things when you start to compare yourself negatively to somebody else's success. So the best way to stop comparing is to focus on you. Concern yourself with you. And I'm not talking about becoming a selfish person, but I'm just saying, you work on you and try to stop yourself from comparing you to other people that maybe you want to be where they already are, but you have no idea all they've already gone through. Or you're going to slow yourself down because you're comparing yourself to somebody you've advanced beyond, but they've not—they're not—they've not been walking the walk. They're either younger, they're younger in the field, they're younger in the Lord, they're younger in age, they're younger in marriage, they're younger in parenting, whatever. So now you slow yourself down because you're like, hey, I'm doing pretty good compared to them, or I'm doing terrible compared to them, but you're not. You're doing good for where you're supposed to be right now. 
Basically, Jesus told us not to worry about it. Don't worry about other people. Now, there's a difference if you notice something is off and you're concerned about a person, put it to prayer. Don't compare. Don't talk about failure. You know, uh, in John chapter 21, and this is talking about Peter, and Peter and Jesus have a conversation. Basically, Jesus is telling them, don't worry about what I'm going to do with this person. You worry about you, right? And he says, so in, in um, John 21, down at, you know, so they're at, the, they're at the Last Supper, basically, down at verse 20, 21, and 22. They want to know. They want to, who's going to betray you. And even, you know, so that was a negative light. First, and actually, if you go a little bit before that, they want to know who do you love the most, right? So this really actually covers what I've been talking. Who's better than me? And well, he's not, I'm better than him. Well, who's the one you love most? Oh, who's the one you're gonna, who's going to betray you? Don't worry about it. You take care of you. And that's kind of what Jesus ends up telling Peter specifically, right? Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. I'm in verse 20. The one who had also leaned back against him during the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? So we've gone beyond the last supper here. Sorry, I thought we were still in it, but we're not. We're beyond it because they're walking. So when Peter saw him, going back to John, the beloved, the young, and John was actually very young at this point. You know, like when you read about John resting his head on Jesus' chest, you know, he, he really was kind of a boy at this point. So that might help you to have some understanding of why and how, what that looked like. But so when Peter saw John, basically he says to Jesus, what about this man? He wants to know that, what about John? What, you, why are you worried about John? You worry about you, Peter, right? And that's basically what Jesus says to him in verse 22. If it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You just follow me. Like, don't worry about it. Jesus was kind of telling Peter here because Peter was comparing John's relationship with Jesus to his own relationship with Jesus. And Jesus is kind of saying, don't worry about what I'm going to do with John. I, let's, worry, let's talk about me and you. I, I'm concerned about me and you. I'm not I don't want you to be concerned about me and John. So focus on that. Let's make that your priority, Peter. And I'm going to end with this. You will alter your destiny if you stay in a place of comparison with others. It's exhausting. It's mentally exhausting. And then you're, you're in your own ability, your own human effort to become something God actually never intended you to become. Striving for something that he never intended you to be. Now, I'm not talking about a role model that you can glean good habits from, glean strengths from, but when you use it to try and change yourself, that's what I'm talking about. Because the truth is, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, as David said in the Psalms. Wonderful. This is David talking to the Lord. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Why? Because David was the one that constantly cried out, show me my heart. Show me me, Lord, right? Test me, try me, prove me. Is there any wicked way in me? Show me, Lord. Created me a clean heart. Actually created me a pure heart and clean hands. 
That's how David got to the place of being able to say, I praise you. Why? Because I know I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Because why? I know wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Don't forget, you are uniquely you. You are the only you there is. And you are the only you that can do what God intended you to do. Don't let comparison rob you of your purpose. Don't let the enemy trick you into comparing your life to others. Just start from today and go forward. You were made by purpose for a purpose. And comparison robs us of our true identity. We were all created uniquely different with an intentional purpose for our lives. 